0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown
0: is yours and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
3: What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC 292. The promotion returns. To Boston, Algermain Sterling taking on Sean O'Malley, O'Malley's first main event. Sterling get another title of events, but more importantly, we have to hit the highlight. We're back in Boston, and because we're back in Boston, I'm obviously joined by Jed Mishu, but we have special guest Mike Heck joining us. Boots on the ground in Beantown. Mike, how we doing, man? We are doing great. Uh, landed in Boston
2: a little while ago. It's uh, not a hundred degrees like it is in South Carolina right now. Nice. It's, it's like seventy-two and cloudy, so it's like it's actually like a little chilly here. But uh, you know, I'm glad to be here. GC again, since I finally get to see you for the first time. Apologies for the Amanda Serrano Heather Hardy fiasco. Oh. I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> you are strong. I am weak. You are good looking. I am not great looking. Uh, I was wrong about all of those things, and hopefully, I don't, <laughs> I don't change your mind about anything here. But I am excited to to do this here. I was going to do it in person on Saturday because I will be in New York for the watch party on Saturday. Um, but yeah, let's do this. And I'm going to actually make bets on this. If I'm going to come let's on the go. show, I'm not just here, just the Boston guy uh, for science and for the for content. I'm actually going to play some wagers. I am batting a thousand in my betting career. I've only placed one bet. It cash for good money uh Frankie Edgar defeating BJ Penn to become the lightweight wow. champion of the world and maybe one of the biggest robberies in the history I was of the sport
4: just about to say that's
2: a good one to walk out on yep and i haven't played a, a ju- single ju- wager since. that's going to change this week
3: gentlemen uh love that you didn't even uh, need that is to bring an incredible up incredible
2: betting history
0: mike
3: yes that that, that is i mean want to know that's absolutely fantastic you didn't even need to bring up the amanda serrano uh underbet i that was just Bridge, water under the bridge at this point. I had completely moved on. Now I'm a little weary. Now I'm a little weary of your advice going into uh going into 292. You shouldn't even have brought it up.
4: Yeah. I, lo- I love this energy. This, this is, is a great, great place for us to start, guys. <laughs> Connor, I also love that we have now become uh enablers. We we are we are problem people. We bring people on the show and they're like, I don't really bet. AK Lee, when you were gone, Connor was like, I don't really bet but I guess I'll do it now. We're just, we're spreading the love of, of the game. What's one week in a hurt? I love that for us. What's one week in a It's Just hurt? a taste. Just, just a taste. If you can go hundred percent this week too, Mike, then we're really cooking with gas.
2: I feel pretty good about, about some of my picks.
3: I uh, love that.
4: I, I'm glad you feel good because I got, I don't know how to feel this week, boys. It's going to be an interesting one.
3: <laughs> I'm glad that you say that. I'm glad that you say that Jed, because, uh, there's a couple of these matchups. I don't really know how to feel either. Quickly, before we jump into 292, last week, uh, UFC Apex 78, Bellator 298. Uh, had a very good week. Finished up like seven and a half units. Jed, uh, anything to report from last week?
4: I broke even. I had some very bad bets last week uh, that cost me. The heavyweight overs did did not uh, have a lot of success uh, last yeah. week. Um, along along with the Martin Budai by decision, uh, heavyweights really. Steve Mowry, my bet on Steve Mowry last <laughs> week. All the heavyweight bets last week were awful. Nailed every other bet. Cleo Roundtree by knockout was Connor. That was ours. We were there together. Easiest bet of our lives was that. Was it the simplest bet we've ever made?
3: Uh, Marcus McGee uh, by KO. I was also on that. I, that was also ridiculous. I tailed you on easy. that
4: one, and that was. That was super nice to tell you on that one. And then the rest of it had a couple parlays that were like, oh, Logan Storley, very, McKinney doesn't go the distance, Anthony Joshua by KO. Like these were all just the lowest of hanging fruits. So we managed to break even despite heavyweights ruining my life last week.
3: The, the Budai by decision. Yeah, I mean, that I was on that with you as well. That's actually the only bet I lost last week. Uh, that was that was sweaty and then it was a loser. It It, it just wasn't good
4: yeah it was great i didn't watch anything live so i didn't have to sweat anything at all i just woke up the next day and checked and then i went back and watched the fights afterwards so uh i at least had that going for me but you know it was a fine weekend of fights nothing like this one though boys 292 is this is a three-star fight card right here this something special
3: (laughs) unfortunately it it could it could have been better. We could have had Bautista Garbrandt on this. We we could have had uh Rob Font, Sonya Dong. We could have had Sahudo taking on Cheeto Vera, uh Ian Gary taking on Jeff Neal. I mean, there's a, But alas, I'm Hot with you. Take. This is still an excellent card.
4: Hot take. I think the Devon Blackshear stepping in on like just a, a six-day turnaround, basically, Beast. is a better fight than Cody Garbrandt because Cody Garbrandt is washed, so uh, that makes it a little bit better. Yes, losing Jeff Neal, that's a tough one, but, you know, Neal Bagney stepping in. We got – it's tight. It's, we're, we're like a tight 11 fights right now, I think, uh, once we add the extra tough fight coming in, something like that. So I'm loving this car, boys. Very excited to get into it.
3: I think the additional tough fight will get us to 12 fights uh, on this one especially with the Bautista one coming back maybe that gets us to 13 mm-hmm. either way it's no, not I, it's I think a nice ba-
4: I'm, I'm looking at it now Bautista coming back and the tough should get us to 12
3: okay perfect so. yep clean yeah I'm number. seeing that as well perfect. clean even 12 love it perfect let's dive right in we start with the main event bantamweight championship of the world Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling taking on Sugar Sean O'Malley right now. If you head to the betting window, you can get Aljamain Sterling for the price of minus two fifty eight. Sean O'Malley coming back at plus two ten. Let's we're just gonna have to talk through this one, boys. Striker versus grappler. A lot, lot of points to be made in this one. Um, I'm, I'm conflicted on who I think is going to win. Jed. I I feel like you you felt some type of way.
4: Yeah. So I'm not conflicted who I think is going to win. My brain tells me that this should be a fairly standard day at the office for one Aljamain Sterling, but that's not where I'm going. I I got vibes. I've been having vibes on this one for, for basically since it was announced, I started to feel the vibes and I was trying to, to, to rationalize and look. You guys come on here and I was expecting, frankly, this to be a very pro Aljo podcast and y'all come here with the stats because there are a lot of bad stats for for Sean O'Malley here, but I, I, I'm not here to listen to the numbers, the science, the math. I got the vibes and this feels like Sean O'Malley's going to do the damn thing. And I don't know if that's good or bad for anybody, but it feels like that's gr- what's going to happen. If I wake up on Sunday morning, I'm like, what an idiot. Very obviously, Aljamain Sterling arguably the greatest weight of all time, stylistically superior in this matchup, very clearly was going to win and put a stamp on his career this way. I won't be shocked, but I've been feeling it for a couple of weeks now, and I'm I'm just riding it. I'm riding uh, Sean O'Malley, plus 210 is the ticket number at the moment, and that's, that's where I'm going.
3: Mike, how do you feel about the main event?
2: I, I love your energy, Jed. I understand why you're doing this, but... I have vibes myself, and my vibes are that Aljamain Sterling is going to catch a freaking body in Boston. I just, like, look, to me, Aljamain Sterling is very good when the pressure is on him, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure on him in almost every title fight that he has, one way or the other. But I think there's more pressure on him to win than any other fight he's ever had, and that includes the Piotr Jan rematch. I don't think Sean O'Malley has a lot of pressure on him. Like, if he loses this fight... Who gives a shit? Like he's just going to win one more fight and be right back into the mix. Like a Why loss not here, even have to. Yeah, a loss fight, here he might still fight for the yeah, belt. A fight. loss here does not do much to Sean O'Malley, unless he just gets somehow KO'd in eight seconds, which is not going to happen. I just feel like Sean O'Malley is going to have to clip him with a big shot, and Aljo is pretty durable. Like he has been knocked up by some surprises before, the Baro Morais one especially, but. I just feel like Aljamain Sterling's going to get this fight to the ground. I think he's going to wear on Sean O'Malley. I think he's ready for everything Sean O'Malley's going to throw at him. I don't think Sean's going to bring anything different to the table that Aljo isn't completely prepared for. And I feel like this is a fight Aljamain Sterling is prepared for even before the Henry Cejudo fight. I think he figured that he was just going to get Sean in May anyway. So he's already been preparing for this fight for probably since like October or November. So he's, I think he's ready for everything Sean's going to bring. I'm not taking a straight... Bet here on Aljamain Sterling. I am just going with the plus. I'm I'm putting one unit, Aljamain Sterling inside the distance, plus 175, because if Sterling's going to win, he's going to put O'Malley away. And I don't think this one's going to go to the cards anyways. So there is a parlay piece uh, that is mixed in as well. It uh, I'll I'll give you my second leg of this particular parlay, but uh, the under four and a half is part of uh, this this two-piece title fight violence parlay that we're that we are cooking i'm also going to put a small sprinkle on Aljamain sterling round 2 and a small sprinkle on Aljamain sterling round 3 i love fight. the action Let's here go. Connor. uh
4: i'm really interested to, to hear you because uh, on this cuz i i don't know that i disagree with what mike's saying but i'm i'm very interested to hear your opinion on the prospects of this fight going long
3: yeah so You mentioned that there's a lot of stats that that stack up against Sean O'Malley. I'm not going to lie. Going back and watching the Jan fight, there's a little bit of tape that goes against him as well. I mean, if you watch the success that Pyotr Jan had... Getting Sean O'Malley to the mat, especially
4: every takedown he wanted. Every takedown he wanted, he pretty, got
3: pretty much every takedown he wanted. And like the ones that got stuffed, like there was some fence grabbing going on with Sean O'Malley. Like I like, there were a couple fence grabs in that fight, too. Like Algernade Sterling is bigger and stronger than Piotr Jan is. And I I think he's he's a more accomplished. Wrestler. Now he he does struggle to get takedowns at times. Obviously, we've seen him go one for seventeen in fights before, two for twenty two, but that's obviously against Piotr Jan who has incredible takedown defense. And I'm I'm not saying Sean O'Malley has bad takedown defense, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what the numbers are for Aljamain Sterling in terms of takedown percentage. How many takedowns does he need? I mean, he only needed two to get the to defend his belt against Piotr Jan the second time. Like there's a world where he only needs Two here, if if it's one to control his back the entire round, and another to potentially get a submission. Like, I, oh man, I feel like the the level that that Aljamain Sterling, like the gap that I think he's going to have if this fight hits the mat, and and even getting it there is is large. But man, like the vibes are kind of like Sean O'Malley-esque. I don't know if that's because I'm seeing a lot of people on Sean O'Malley. I don't know if it's if, if it's the flashiness of him, if it's the confidence of him. It's it's the way that he wins by knockout. I, I feel you on the vibes as well. I'm not playing a side here. I am just on fight doesn't go to a decision. But on that, as soon as DraftKings put it out for us, because uh, I do just feel like this is either Aljamain Sterling going in there, dumping him down, getting a submission, or either pounding him out. Or it's the fight gets extended, and and we see O'Malley clip him as we get into the later rounds.
2: May I, may I ask you gentlemen a question? Since you're experts, so I was thinking about this because I have, I mean, I have a lot of action on Jermaine Sterling here. Um, I got the plus one seventy five, round two plus eight hundred, round three plus eleven hundred is when I lock those in. Is is this a spot for a hedge? Like if you were gonna put a little sprinkle on Sean O'Malley by KO, TKO. Uh, The last I looked at was plus 350. Because you kind of feel like either Sterling's going to tap him or O'Malley's going to knock him out. That's kind of the way I see this fight. Is this worth a hedge or am I overthinking this?
4: I would say you're overthinking it at that point in time. If the number was bigger on the O'Malley by KO, but here's my... The thing that I'm that I feel the most uncomfortable with in this fight kind of goes against some of the stuff that y'all have both said. And it's, it's not that you break I disagree with your breakdowns in general. Um I don't know that Aljamain Sterling has to finish O'Malley or that O'Malley has to finish Sterling. This, the vibes here, I just kind of feel like this might be less of a, a guaranteed quick finish. Either end of it, we might be looking at Sean O'Malley taking like being able to survive into the later rounds and then seeing where Aljamain Sterling looks in those later rounds. So I honestly just don't have like the greatest technical breakdown on what's going to happen. Cause I'm really not sure what it is. It's part of the problem with Sean O'Malley. There's so little tape on him. Realistically, we've got the Piotr Jan fight, which Aljamain Sterling, and Piotr Jan are not very similar fighters at all. So I agree that Jan got takedowns at will against O'Malley, which isn't, doesn't build confidence, but the way Yan gets his entries into takedowns is so different than what Aljo is, is offering. Like, I don't know if Sterling's uh, going to be able to have the same success or I just feel I, I can see a world where Sean O'Malley just uses a lot of footwork and just basically runs away from Aljamain Sterling for the first round And Sterling starts getting increasingly desperate, shooting in from further out, and then we're getting into this really weird Aljamain Sterling kind of fight. So, I would not hedge if I were you, Mike. Just, just pick your horse and ride it. And for me, that's the reason I'm not on O'Malley by KO, even though the the price is bigger than O'Malley straight up because O'Malley straight up is two ten. Like you said, I think the KO number is plus three fifty. Just feels like there is a world where. O'Malley, I think, is most likely still probably is to catch Sterling, but I would not be shocked if O'Malley has just been spending his whole time preparing for Sterling's entries and just lets, lets the hands go and racks up points while Sterling continues to dive at his ankles for 25 minutes.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, I mean that Thank could be gentlemen. the case. Not touching um, it, not hedging, not doing it.
3: Oh, I'm actually I'm actually with Jed heavy here. That like I'm a big just pick your horse and ride it. I almost never hedge unless it's like the finishing of a parlay and it's presented to you like the Alexa Grasso fight. Like when it's when it's like that, I'll do it. But like if, if we're talking pre-fight betting, I'm I'm almost never hedging. Uh, another thing that like really has my brain in a pretzel about this fight, the difference in resumes, like the difference in the level of competition that they've fought. Uh, at the UFC level, like obviously they both have Piotr Jan, Aljamain having it twice. But beyond that, like it is, it's pretty jarring the difference in in the level of comp that these guys have fought. Oh, well, yeah. Will, will yeah, that mean he's anything? Been
4: one of the best guys in the world for a long time.
3: Yeah. I mean, will that mean does anything? Does
4: O'Malley
2: have a win besides Piotr Jan? No. Does, does O'Malley have a win against anybody that's currently in the UFC?
3: No. Uh, yeah, Howley and Paiva stuff. got cut.
4: <laughs> yep, Paiva got cut. Tommy Almeida gone. Eddie Wineland gone. Yeah, no, that's uh, they, that's sort of been a narrative around him. I think that was a narrative coming into the Piotr Jan fight. I even think.
3: Oh, for sure. Um, no, that was a and, huge narrative.
4: And then he, and then he pulled off the Yan win, and you know, maybe he did, maybe didn't, depending on your view. He still performed very, very well. Uh, again, I'm not defending anything any of my betting here on tactics or, or science, it's all vibes. I do feel that O'Malley is probably still improving, but again, we'd have no idea. We've just seen so little of him. And to some extent, that's an advantage for him. Like we know who Aljamain Sterling is. He's a fully baked fighter. We've seen him for a long time and shit. O'Malley's seen him for a long time and knows what's coming. At least in that regard, won't be at all shocked if, if Aljo does Aljo things and then moves on from this weight class, but for one night at least, I'm going to ride with with Sugar Sean O'Malley.
3: Honestly, that would be the craziest outcome. Like, if if Sean O'Malley wins this, it will just be crazy. Like, it's from from a pure entertainment standpoint. I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen from a pure entertainment standpoint.
4: Yeah, it's a big part of the vibes lately. Is what's the dumbest, funniest thing that could happen in <laughs> MMA? Uh, cause this has been a very dumb year. A lot of dumb, funny things have happened and it, it just feels like Al Sterling is finally getting the respect that he has deserved this whole time. What if he loses to the dude that actually everyone universally believes he should defeat? It would just be hilarious.
3: Yes, Uh, cannot wait for that one. I think it's going to be fireworks. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, regardless of who wins. So let's move on to the co-main event: strawweight championship bout. Zhang Wei Li taking on Amanda Lemos right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Zhang is sitting at minus three hundred and ten. Lemos coming back plus two hundred and fifty. Another fight. Honestly, like I, I kind of feel like this one's going a touch under the radar. Like. I think this is going to be a banger too. aggressive women, like very violent finishing capabilities have also been, uh, finished in, in their UFC careers. Um, I mean, if you just go back and watch that last one, uh, for both of them, honestly, the Esparza fight for, for Zhang and, and the Lemos fight, or I mean the Marina Rodriguez fight for Lemos, they are just not afraid to uncork it. They just go after it. I think this is going to be fantastic. Um, I do think Zhang is going to get it done. What what say you guys?
4: Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a banger just because I think Wiley Zhang is going to beat the hell out of Amanda Lemos. Uh, my biggest exposure of the night comes with, with betting Wiley Zhang here. Uh, I'm on Zhang inside the distance at minus 125. Uh, I'm going to take a flyer on Zhang by sub at plus uh, 550 is what the line looks like right now. Yes, um, yes, oh, yes. Love. I love that, and I've, I've got Zhang as part of a four-leg parlay, just straight up. I mean, Amanda Limosh is fun, like you said, Connor, but just a little over a year ago, Jessica Andrade just ran her over, and Jessica Andrade's a very good fighter, but we saw when Wiley Zhang fight, fought her, Wiley Zhang is more physical and dominant in that respect than even Andrade is, so I think I think Zhang is peaking. Like I think this is the best she's ever been. And she is just going to run roughshod over Amanda Limosh. So I'm, I'm pretty bigly exposed on her. And it sounds like Connor, you are also on the on the sub prop bet. So I oh, love
3: that. for us. I'm, I love everything you just said. I kind of wanted to tee that one up for you guys. I am also quite exposed on on Zhang. Have her as a parlay piece. Have the under three and a half. And uh, I also took a flyer on uh, Wiley by submission. Uh, I think there's going to be the capability to do that. I think she can get the takedowns. I, I think uh that it's gonna hit the mat. Whether she TKOs her or uh, or submits her. I uh I had to The play price the difference in, between TKO
4: and sub is so so big though. Like TKO is like plus one twenty or something.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm really only playing this as the, as the number.
4: Yeah, basically, half of Zhang's finishes are submissions, so like it's it's just a huge gap. Um, and Mike, you've been nodding along this whole time. It or, do we have a do we have a quorum? Do we all agree?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it, my biggest single bet on this card is Zhang Weili inside the distance, two units. Like every, I'm just, I'm very, I, I don't, I don't really know how to do this. So, uh, my biggest bet is Zhang Weili inside the distance. Um, I have Zhang Weili as a parlay piece that i will reveal at the very end a three-legger that pays out plus 106 uh and this fight will also wrap up my violence parlay with the unders in both the main and co-main event uh the main event under four and a half under three and a half in the co-main pays out plus 151 feel pretty confident both of those will go under so that's my little my little violence parlay to cap off the night I love this. I
4: love this so much. Uh, yeah. I think honestly, if you were just being smart, betting a lot of money on Chong inside the distance might be like the best value on this entire card.
3: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think this is, I think this is going to be a violent affair. Um, the only thing that really does give me pause is that Lemos does have finishing finishing ability, like maybe the most of anyone that that Zhang has fought, but. I still think this is going to be Wiley getting her hand raised come Saturday evening and still in Boston. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook,
1: an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
3: Sounds like we are all in agreement on what we think is going to happen in the co event. So let's keep it rolling to the featured bout. Short notice, Neil Magny stepping in to take in take on Ian Machado Gary. Right now on DraftKings, you can have Ian Gary for minus four fifty five. Neil Magny coming back at plus three fifty. Uh, Magny short notice, Gary getting his wish here to fight Neil Magny. I uh, I think he I think he gets it done. Um, this line is getting blown out. I'm, I'm seeing over minus 500 at a couple books now, which seems a little bit surprising to me, but I, I think Gary gets it done.
2: Yeah, this is, this is pretty, pretty confident pick. I think Ian Gary is going to absolutely destroy Neil Magny. I don't think, like, I know Magny is a grimy kind of a, a tougher dude, but we've seen Neil just get run over in these types of situations. And I feel like he's going to be lamb to the slaughter here. I think Ian Gary is going to going to knock him out pretty quickly maybe round one round two so i do have ian gary as a parlay piece uh as part of the zhang Wei lee one there'll be one more piece added to that um and i'm still waiting on an ian gary ko tko line because i'm definitely going to put something on that as well as like a straight pick uh but i i think ian gary's going to go out and knock out neil magny and i don't think this fight's going to be competitive at all so i actually Understand why the line is so wide because I think this is just a terrible matchup for Neil Magny. It's horrible, especially on short notice, a horrible matchup for him. So, give me and Gary with KO, TKO, whatever that line is. I'm sure it's going to be like minus one something, or maybe we get a plus out of it. Can't find it anywhere, but whatever, wherever that is, I'm I'm definitely going to put a sprinkle on that for sure.
3: On some books, currently minus 105.
2: Yeah. I'll definitely. uh, Sean
3: Bond minus 105. I did not expect that to be the
4: number there.
2: Yep. Jumping on that,
4: um, yeah, I'm with Mike. Um, this is just a bad matchup for Magny, both stylistically. The fact that Magny's getting a lot older. Um, I mean, I thought I felt confident he'd beat Phil Rowe, and then he really dogged it. I mean, that fight was, and that fight was a month ago, some like two months ago. It was pretty recently coming in short notice. And like Mike said, Magny's been in this position a lot. We sort of know exactly who he is. He's a gatekeeper to the stars, gatekeeper to the top. 10 top 12 and every time he's been put in there against you know one of these top echelon guys these guys who look to be to be the part he just gets finished um you know Michael Chiesa is the only one who really hasn't Michael Chiesa dominated that fight uh I think he the only concern I would have is is he and Gary looking past Neil magny some of his comments this week have been slightly insane about carrying this incredible card. <laughs> uh, um, but I assume that when the cage door closes, he's, he's been calling for Neil Magny. I think he's going to take this very seriously and he's going to dust him up something proper. So, uh, yeah, I have Ian Gary as a parlay. He's the second leg of the four leg parlay with Wiley Zhang. And I will be jumping on this by KO number, uh, if it remains at minus one Oh five. Cause I would have thought that was two ten at least.
3: 210 minus 210 Ian Gary by knockout well he's minus
4: four he's a minus 450 favorite already and historically when Neil Magny gets beat he gets beat (laughs) you know so I would have thought that with that big a price we wouldn't be getting uh that large a delta for the for the TKO KO finish given who given I mean particularly given what Machado Gary's look like lately you know um, yeah. coming off that insane knockout of Daniel Rodriguez, who's super durable. like Going into that fight, Connor, we were talking about it. I was like, I think Ian Gary's going to win. D-Rod is incredibly, incredibly durable, so I don't think he's going to blow the doors off him. Three minutes later, I was wrong as shit. So uh, I think if minus 105 stays the number, that's a great price.
3: Uh, all right. Well, I will also be parlaying up Ian Gary. I do think he gets the job done. I uh, don't know if I have the support. Supreme confidence that you guys do, but I I do feel quite sure that he will get his hand raised on Saturday night. Uh, We keep it rolling. On the main card, a bantamweight bout. Marlon Vera taking on Pedro Munoz right now. You can have Marlon Vera for minus 198. Pedro Munoz plus 164. Uh, First and foremost in this one, before I pass it off to you guys, this is the CB special of the week. The over one and a half in this is just just tailor-made here. Uh, neither guy ever been finished. Neither guy ever even been dropped in their UFC careers. Munoz, seven straight overs. Cheeto, six straight overs. Nine of his last 10 uh, as well. Minus 550 right now. Really like that as a parlay piece. When it comes down to the fight itself, um, not, not fully certain on on what I'm thinking here. Uh like I love Cheeto. Like he he is the man. Um Munoz getting up there, but but sheesh, dude. Last time out, underdog spot, very similar to this against Chris Gutierrez. Goes goes out there in 30 27 27s him. Uh Cheeto's also three and seven in his UFC career in decisions and uh three rounder with Pedro Munoz. I feel like this one is likely to go to a decision. Uh so I'm torn on on who I think is gonna win the fight, but the over one and a half CB special is has this one written all over it,
4: Uh Mike. I'm just going to throw this out here. This is my Chat GPT bet of the week. So, Mike, I'd love to get your <laughs> breakdown on this fight before I tell you all what the robots say.
2: So, I, I again, I haven't seen a prop for this yet. So, but my, I'm just going by my initial vibe here. I, I think it's a pretty evenly matched fight, and I think Pedro Munoz can score points in this fight, especially with the leg kicks. I don't really look to the Chris Gutierrez fight that much comparing it to this one because I was very confident Pedro Munoz was going to win that fight. Uh, I know Chris was coming off some wins, and he was on a nice little run, but to me, experience matters. And Chris Gutierrez's best win was Frankie Edgar, who was retiring that night. And that was a fight nobody wanted to see, and nobody really... We just all felt icky about it even coming in. We felt worse about it coming out. So I felt very good about Pedro Munoz pulling off an upset and he did. I think these guys are evenly matched in a lot of ways, but I do think Marlon Vera is just a dog and this is going to be a dog fight. And if you throw Marlon Vera in with a dog, another dog, I think Marlon's going to win. I think he's going to be the pit bull against a, you know, a very tough other dog. That's not a pit bull. I think he's just going to clamp down late. Um, And I think Marlon Vera, even though he has a bad record via decision, I'm picking Marlon Vera by decision here. I think he outlasts Pedro Munoz. He might drop round one, but Marlon just hits so hard, man. He couldn't get real, couldn't get going against Corey Sanhag. As Corey's mixing in the wrestling a lot, moving around a lot. I don't think I'm have to, I don't think we have to worry too too much about Munoz, even though he can be a little bit elusive on the feet. But I think if there are going to be takedowns, I think Marlon Vera can use his top control. I think it's vastly underrated, uh, and I think Vera's just kind of kind of outdog him here. And this fight. If we're talking about guys who have a lot of pressure on them, this is everything for Marlon Vera. He has to win this fight. He has to set the table. If he wants a title fight ever in his UFC career, he has to beat Pedro Munoz on Saturday. And if he wins it would, and Sean O'Malley wins, he's getting a title shot next. So it is. It, when we're talking about pressure on fighters, it's Aljamain Sterling one, and it's Marlon Vera too. He needs this one badly. So I'm going Marlon Vera by decision. Ooh. And whatever um, it's going to be, plus whatever it ends up being. I'm sure it's going to be plus something.
4: Yeah, won't be huge, but there you go. So coming into this fight, I had a lean. And I was sort of feeling Pedro Munoz. Like, I don't know, this is a really competitive fight. Pedro Munoz, the underdog. Uh, but then I couldn't pull the trigger. I was like, yeah, plus 160, maybe not enough, blah, blah, blah. I thought a lot of the same things Mike said. So I turned it over to the machines, guys, and uh, input all all the relevant data points. And the machines, I feel like we're really dialing in on something here. The, the chat GPT bet is 9-4. and four. I mean, it's it's doing great things. You've got uh, other outlets, aka Bloody Elbow, out here just copying the idea and, and asking for fight breakdowns via chat GPT. Everyone's getting on board. And let me tell you, the robots say this time that my inclinations were correct and that Pedro Munoz is going to win a split decision. And I got to say, as I I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but as I kind of read as I read through ChatGPT's breakdown, it it echoed a very a fight I think can happen of of Malin Vera, you know, has that dog in him, go, hits much harder, but Pedro Munoz is so durable, never been dropped, as Connor said, never been finished. He can he can eat those shots. He is more elusive on the feet. He's going to chop away Cheeto's legs with the with those patented leg kicks of his. It's going to be a very nip tuck fight in just about every aspect of it. And I'll I love it. I'm taking a I'm taking my bet on Munoz at plus one sixty-five. And when I get a Munoz by split decision line, whatever that is, I honestly I want to know what the line for this fight to end by split decision is. Cause I mm. think that line is mm. probably very much in play. Cause we're looking at maybe a little more volume from Munoz, maybe a bit more power shots from from Vera, I doubt we get too many too much grappling going on. Both guys are good enough wrestlers to keep it on the feet and aren't proactive wrestlers. So, really nip tuck affair. The the robots say Munoz, I say Munoz. Let's go.
3: I've actually got the answer to that question that you just presented right here, and nah, I don't think you're gonna like it. Uh, fight uh, goes to a split decision plus
2: one ninety. <laughs> what what?
3: <laughs> That's insane,
2: <laughs> Pedro. That Pedro insane. Munoz.
3: Pedro Munoz wins by split decision plus four fifty.
4: Well, I'll take a little flyer on that, but that's not even big enough to take like uh, to feel great about it.
3: Wow, that's wow. Mean, you're that just is insane. you're getting Munoz by decision plus twenty five. Yes, that's it's that's an it insane is. number. <laughs>
4: It is more likely for this fight, according to Vegas, for this fight to end in split decision than it is for Munoz to just straight up win a decision. That is a nuts <laughs> price. Plus one ninety is that is a do not bet this bet price. Jeez. That that
3: actually is crazy. That is crazy that according to these odds, they, they have <laughs> man. Uh actually it's because it's, it's like-
4: not like either of these are big splitty merchants. Like, their their careers aren't, like, littered with split decisions. This is nuts.
3: It's it's actually much more likely to go to a split decision than uh, to not go to a decision at all. Plus 250 for uh, the fight doesn't go to a decision. I mean, like you You have to have something cooking with the judges. Like, it has to be insane. very close to get the split decision.
4: The only split decision in Vera's career was the absolute garbage one against Corey Santagin. Oh, like, was, one of the worst scorecards
3: of all time. Yeah. Yes. Like, a historic scorecard. It's insane score that that's, that's the that's, price that's, here. That's an insane line. Uh, all right. So, Jed takes our first underdog of the card with Pedro Munoz, according to the robots. Mike is going to be on Marlboro. No, I took
4: Sean O'Malley.
3: Oh, yeah. True, 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 true. Uh, forget everything I just said. You know, we'll we'll slash that one out there. I got more underdogs uh,
4: coming, too, guys. <laughs>
3: I can't wait to hear him. Uh Let's keep it rolling. Last fight on the main card, middleweight bout. Chris Weidman takes on Brad Tavares. The All American returns, and right now you can get him for plus two twenty. Tavares coming back minus two seventy. We hinted at this last week at the end of the episode last week, Jed. Um, yeah, I'm riding with the All American. I'm riding with Chris Weidman. Um, I mean, how's the leg gonna oh, oh, look? Oh. <laughs> Uh, how's the leg going to look? I, I, I cannot say for certain, obviously, I I don't know the answer to that. I am just going to believe that he is prepared. He is ready to get back into the octagon where he wouldn't be doing it at the age of 39. Um, and then beyond that, like neither of these guys are in great form. They've both lost their last two fights. Uh, and weirdly enough, both of their last wins were against Omari Akhmedov, um, just kind of a weird stat there. A little, a little beer trivia for 292 uh, weekend, if, if you happen to come across it. Um, and then Weidman, all six of his losses, he has been knocked out in. The good news for us, All American bettors, for us, Weidman backers this weekend, Brad Tavares has one, count him one win by knockout in the last 12 years. Um, I just think there's a path to victory for Widman to, to use the clench. <laughs> to use the clinch to to get this to the mat if he's capable. I know, I know Tavares has a solid takedown defense over a large sample size in the UFC, but I think there's a path and and at the price, that's the biggest thing. I played at plus two forty, but it's still sitting around at plus two twenty, plus two thirty. Um yeah, man. I'm taking the dog shot on the all American in the return.
4: Yeah. Uh we we mentioned this last week. I don't understand this price. Um, and as you've noted on previous episodes, Connor, when I say that I don't understand something, that means you should bet against it because I'm always we're wrong fucked. in these situations. Cash it out but now. I don't get it. I do get the why men haven't fought in, you know, two years and yeah. We're we're I mean, we are cooked. We're cooked. And I get it. Like why haven't fought in two years, but like Brad Tavares hasn't looked good in a while either. Like he, he very clearly appear, appears to be on the downslope, and so it's not like he's still at his peak. We're talking about two guys who are past their primes, but Weidman's prime was so much higher than than Tavares is. Maybe this fight gets a little competitive because Weidman's too concerned about the leg, but I just I really doubt it. I think he's come down. I think he's going to be able to have some success with wrestling, uh, even even given Tavares is really strong takedown defense uh and even if he can't i think he's a more dangerous striker brad Tavares is not a guy who's going to hurt you with the mitts he's just going to put volume on you we know weidman can knock you out we know that he's a pretty good technical boxer as well so i just really like chris weidman in this spot even with the big layoff and that's why i'm on him also i'm gonna let mike uh uh f- flash out a bet that I know he's on. We were talking about it in the pre-show because I'm going to tail him on this one. Uh, I think there's a very good prop bet. looks like it. Mike, please, please give us the brilliant prop bet
2: you found. Uh, I, I haven't found it actually, but uh, when it drops, Chris Weidman by decision looks like a very tasty bet. Cause I do think he's going to come out a little bit tentative. There is a world where he just comes out and tackles Brad Tavares. And I know Brad has pretty good takedown defense, but, if Chris wants to take Brad Tavares down, he's just going to take him down. Like, he took Omari up down with ease, was able to keep him down. And I think he could do the same to Brad Tavares anytime he wants. So, I don't think... The more I like I think about this fight, the less confident I am in, like, a Weidman decision win. Because this this could be, like, one of those sp- special moments, right? Where Weidman comes out, gets, like, a first-round finish, and it's just the crowd goes bananas. But... I do think that this is going to be one of those fights where maybe Brad outpoints him in round one, and then Weidman tackles him in the second, and then tackles him in the third. Because third round, Chris Weidman is no Derek Lew- is no third round Derek Lewis. Third round, Chris Weidman is the guy who gets a little too confident, gets a little too in love with the striking, and then gets obliterated by whoever he's fighting. And I don't think he's going to take that risk here. I think he's going to fight a very similar fight to the to the Omari Akhmadoff fight. I love Chris Weidman just in this spot. But I love Chris Wyman by decision. Whatever that line is, uh, I will be I will be putting some some shekels on that line.
3: I have a line of on on a book where it's available. What what is y'all's guess on where you think it's gonna be lined at?
4: I saw it out there at plus four hundred.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing plus four fifteen.
2: Yeah. That's that's kind of a no-brainer for me. I love
4: that price. I think it's a really good price. I will say on the wrestling front, the best wrestler, Weidman's going to be the second best wrestler that Tavares has ever faced. Uh, The best wrestler uh, being Joel Romero, who Olympic silver medalist, so you know. Um, certainly a better wrestler than Chris Weidman, but you Romero took Brad Tavares down seven times. So yeah. it's not like he cannot be taken down <laughs> uh, particularly against a good wrestler. I, I think Widman's going to be able to have success in that regard. So um, very, very much with, with the consensus appears here that Chris Weidman has a good shot at having a good return.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
3: That would be amazing if you pulled off the upside. What a way to start off. The main card. Let's move into the prelims middleweight bout. Gregory Rodriguez taking on Denise Tilulan. Um, Right now you can have RoboCop for the short price of minus 355. Denise coming back at plus 280. Um, I am on the under here. Under two and a half uh, taking the alt line in a parlay. Um I really just think if, if Rodriguez takes us to the mat, it, it's going to be curtains. I, I think he can get a submission without a doubt here. Will he? I don't know. And if he stands and bangs. Say, is he going to do it? It's always <laughs> a question. I don't know. But if he stands and bangs, both are very liable for a knockout. And if you just go by the numbers, Tallulah in under two and a half, eight straight fights, 15 of his 18 in his career. Rodriguez, 14 of 18 in his career and eight of his last 10. Think it's going to be fireworks. Think someone gets finished. Under two and a half. Very much like that as a parlay piece.
4: Don't don't hate the bet. Um I tried to talk myself into a number of bets on this fight and ultimately decided not to, because I just don't trust Robocop. Like I think Robocop should win this, but that price for him as a parlay piece to win it is nothing I want to touch. Then I was almost like, Well, maybe the line's too big and I should just get on on Tolulan, but can't feel confident either. I already have plenty of money down on on underdogs and probably reckless overexposure on this event. So I passed on it, but um, I do think this is going to end in a finish for all the reasons you said, Connor. This doesn't seem likely that we're getting fifteen, but also you never know. Gregory Rodriguez has gone to, <laughs> to decisions before, so uh, I just don't feel like I have a good enough vibe to really put my money where my mouth is on this one.
2: What's the um? What's the under one and a half? Out of curiosity, since I'm not seeing it,
4: under one and a
3: half right now you can
4: have under that one and for- a half is minus one seven five.
2: Minus 175. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm passing. Passing all together on this fight. I just hope they uh they just have a, a good old fashioned Smackdown. I think so I don't this ain't going to the cards. I think we're just gonna have fun watching it.
3: That's it. So, sign me up for a smackdown. Let's keep it rolling to another middleweight bout. Gerald Mearshart taking on Andre Petrowski and right now, Andre, big favorite coming in at minus two fifty. Mearshart coming back at plus 205. Uh, Again, not a parlay piece. Just playing this one single under two and a half minus 185. Man, I mean, talk about a lot of mileage on these guys. 50 of their 61 combined professional fights under two and a half. Mearshart obviously taking up the large majority of that. Um, But if you just look at their fights, 54 of 61 have seen a finish I think we're going to get a finish here. I think Petroski can knock him out. I think both guys are, are live for subs. Uh, think this is going to be a fun one. I think there's going to be some scrambles. think it's going to be a good time. Uh, but I do think someone gets finished here.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. Um, full, full side on the, um, under two and a half. Um, I'm also going to take uh, a small shot on the dog here, Daryl Yeah, Mearshart.
3: let's go. Uh, I'm, let's I'm gonna go. Take, I'm going to take a shot G- on Gerald Mearschard at plus two twenty G- or plus two hundred is what
2: I got him at. He's he's worth a look. Now, could this end in 14 seconds with Petrosky putting his shin to the ear of Gerald Mearschard? Absolutely, that is not out of the realm of possibility. But this is kind of I like Andre Petrosky a lot. I just don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's quite there yet. Now if this fight happens now and Petroski goes and wins a couple more and then they rematch, I'd probably pick Petroski in the rematch, but this is a classic Mearshart spot. And I feel like the line is a little wide here. I feel like there's a ton of value on Mearshart. So I'm not going to go crazy. Just a little half unit shot here on, on Gerald Mearshart plus 200 is where I got him at. Don't hate it. Um, I'm passing on the fight. Uh, Mirchard, six
4: and eight is an underdog. And so you just can never really feel confident unless he's fighting somebody who is so much so athletically ahead of him that it's, it's going to be a train wreck. And Petrosky isn't that, um, I think I favor Petrovsky to get the win he certainly looked really good since joining the UFC, but Mearshart it's like Mike said, this is exactly the kind of fight that Mearshart comes in underrated, uh, Nobody looking at, and then he's just like, oh, BT dubs. Gotcha. Like it's he he has that kind of game to him. So uh I like the play, Mike. I will not be joining you because I'm not betting anything on this fight.
3: All right. I like that. Uh I am on the under. Mike is on the under. Mike is on Mir Chart. Jed is staying away. Let's keep it rolling. To a women's fly weight bout. Andrea Lee taking on Natalia Silva. Right now, Silva. Sitting at a minus 355 favorite. Andrew Lee coming back at plus two eighty. Uh I'm staying away from this one. Think it'll be fun. Natalia Silva seems to be in fun fights of late. I think she probably gets it done, but uh just gonna just gonna pass on the on the price tag here. I have Natty Ice and two parlays. Uh
2: two. One, Let's two. Go. one will wrap up the the parlay with Zhang Wei Lee. Ian Gary and Natty Ice uh that pays out at plus one oh six. So that is uh the tail end of that one. And there is another parlay uh that Natty Ice will be a part of. I just think Natty Ice is is completely on the rise right now. She's so good. This is perfect matchmaking. This is an ought no point for your boy. This is perfect matchmaking. Oh, you so can't that's get deep- to be perfect matchmaking. It just is. I mean, stylistically, she's getting over and the UFC has to put her in a big spot against somebody that people know and this could be a I, I've, the only chance the only way that natty ice doesn't go over here is if andrew lee just tackles her immediately like there is a world where that could happen but i just think natty ice is gonna put the boots to her real quick i don't know if she gets her out of there because andrew lee is a pretty durable fighter but i think natty ice goes out there and does natty ice things and she wins and i think we're gonna cash that parlay and we're probably gonna cash the other one which jed is probably uh I ain't going to take the thunder from this one. Ain't, that's for sure.
4: Anyone who has ever listened to this podcast even one time <laughs> knew what I was doing this week before. We, there's nothing I love more than a gimmick parlay. You're giving me two Silvas on one fight card. I'm a parlay them up. That's just how it's going to be. I'm obviously taking Natty Ice, parlaying her to win up with Greeny Silva coming in the next fight up. And then... It. I will say, we were talking about pre-show. I do think the line may be a bit inflated on Natty Ice right now just because Andre Lee, you know, she's durable. She's been around the block, got a lot of experience. Um, But it's not enough for me to be, like, b- backing away from this parlay. And I do think Silva's going get to get the dub here. So very easy. This is uh my sec. I got two parlays this week. This is the second one. It's the Silva parlay. Pays out at plus 110. Easy money.
2: Let's go. Easy That's my other pilot yeah. as well.
3: I knew, I knew it. Wow. Everyone's on the Silva parlay here. All right. Let's dive right in. Uh, it is another women's flyaway bout. Marina Moreau's taking on Karini Silva. And right now, this Silva sits at minus 155. Moreau's coming back at uh, plus 130. The much anticipated rematch. This is Marina Moreau's Karini Silva 2. They fought in 2014. Uh, Marina Moreau's arm in the first round. Uh, so both of y'all riding with Silva. Got to. I'm staying
2: away from this fight as a whole. Like I, I'm in for the gimmick parlay because I think it's worth it, but I can't just like make a straight bet on this fight. If I was, it going to, it's, it's, it's on Marina Morose. Cause I, I, I think Marina Morose is just criminally underrated. She's not going to fight for a title or anything like that, but she is really good. Like she's really good. And, and she comes through in dog spots quite often. And it's a, this is a good step up for Karina. Silva. I like what Karina has done. She is just a freaking animal in there. And Marina is just quietly, really good. She's just really solid and she's tough as hell. She could take a beating and she doesn't go away, but my pick is Karina Silva, but I'm, I just can't, I can't do a single on it. I, I'm just not that confident, but for the sake of gimmick parlays, I got to do it. But other than that, I'm, I'm going to stay away and enjoy it as a fan.
4: Yeah, no need to take a single when you already got her parlayed up. Easy game. Yeah. Uh this is obviously a much more dangerous leg than the than the Natty Ice uh, leg, but um Maria Moreau is a pretty good fighter, pretty scrappy. My issue betting against her here is just that she's never been finished, and we've seen Karini Silva really, really prey on on the finishes on the on the mat lately, but I think it's gonna be fine. She could probably probably doesn't need the finish. Uh, to get the dub here, and again, why do I even need to break this down? It's a Silva parlay. We know what we're doing here, boys.
3: I feel you. I feel you. I'm actually taking Marina Moros. I am taking her as a single. Uh, took her at plus one sixty five. Um, yeah. I mean, Karine Silva is is kind of. I don't wow. want to say suburbust because she does have knockouts on her record. Uh, but like of late, it's felt like she's suburbust. bust. I mean, she has zero wins by decision. Um, obviously the fight that they had in 2014 means nothing at this point. It's a decade later. They've obviously both improved very much since then. Um, but you guys said it Marina Moroz's durability, I think is going to play a factor here. I think if she can avoid, uh, the early onslaught from Karini Silva, I think as the fight wears on, she's going to be able to take over. I think she's live for a finish as well. Um, I, I don't think a submission by Marina Moroz is, is completely out bar. of the question here. If, yeah, I mean, could be another arm sure. bar. Uh, but i I don't think a finish for marina morose is out of the question i am on her plus 165 considered the fight doesn't go to a decision minus 120 but i don't want to double up though like it feels like the smart thing when when carini silva's like 19 of her 20 fights haven't gone to a decision um but i'm gonna just ride with the dog here uh and should be a good one should be should be a fun scrap anytime silva gets in there it's usually pretty pretty exciting
4: I, yeah. I don't wish you well because it goes <laughs> counter to my
2: parlay. No, it's a good, good. it's a good it's a good it's a good bet. because I, I don't I wish understand you well the
4: process. And that's okay. I understand your <laughs> process. I just don't like it.
3: All right. Let's uh let's get into these last two. It is the tough finales. We'll start with the lightweight fight. Kurt Holiba taking on Austin Hubbard. Uh Austin is like a minus. Do, 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 do. Minus 175, Haliba coming back, plus 145. Don't know if you guys have been watching Tough. I'm actually ripening my tough jersey, tough finale, uh going on today, season finale. I wanted to play Haliba as a dog. Uh, I mean, he looked so good against Jason Knight, but I don't know. I, I went back further. Dude had a pretty horrendous UFC career. Like he was losing to Lee Hammond until a Hail Mary submission in the first round of Tough. Um I just don't want to trust him with my money. Cheering for him. Hope he does well, but I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay away from both the tough ones. Unless they give me like a crazy price on Brad Katona. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to stay away. I'm
4: I'm happy to hear that because, you know, I've I've watched one episode of Tough this season. I had to step in uh, while you were off running around in Dallas. I I stepped (laughs) up, uh, took one for the team, and... So then I reached out to the esteemed AK Lee, your tough hang compatriot, and I was like, hey, who should I be betting on for these tough fights? Um, Because, you know, watched Kurt Holliba fight, but I haven't watched him fight recently. Then I didn't watch him fight at all in the tough house. And he was like, Kurt Holliba has been really fun. Uh, And then you look at it and you're like, oh, he has been fun. Whereas Austin Hubbard has apparently been quite boring in his fights. But then, then AK gave me the best piece of advice. Apparently, Connor, and you can... You can push back on this if this. I'm only repeating what I've heard. I hear that you were 0 4 in predicting the semifinal fights on tough, that you didn't get a single one of them correct. And so, if you had come out here and said, Man, I'm all on, I'm on, I'm backing Kurt Holiba," I would have been like, Well, my money, like, like the money I bet on Chris Weidman because I think it can't lose. Obviously a waste. So I'm glad to hear that you aren't doing that because I'm going to bet Kurt Hollibaugh because why not? Let's have fun. Betting should be fun. He has been the most fun person on tough. Apparently I hope he gets it done.
2: I'm glad uh, you're yes, here the, for the fun, br- Jed, but I'm here to ruin your fun. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm here to ruin your fun with my bet. Uh And I feel like, and I feel like the man I'm betting on is going to ruin everybody's fun. Uh, Cause his name is Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard is a decision machine. The one finish he has had over the last few years was the crazy Max Roshkoff fight where he couldn't get off the stool. Uh, Obviously, credit to Austin Hubbard for weathering the storm and then just putting the boots to young Max. But I I think Austin Hubbard just needs to weather the storm. He's going to have to weather a quick storm from Kurt. And Kurt has not done well inside that octagon unless it's in a reality show unless it's a contender series of the ultimate fighter. So I think he's going to go into Boston. I think he's going to feel those, I think he's going to feel those, uh, those butterflies in his stomach again. And I think honestly, Austin Hubbard needs this one more. This dude has put everything on the line for this opportunity. Whereas Kurt Hollibo, it'd be great for him to get back in the UFC, but he's found success as a coach, uh, in the grappling world. He's, he's doing a good job as uh, with, with his gyms and stuff like that. Uh well, Austin Hubbard is literally all in here. He needs this one more than probably anybody on this entire cast. So with that said, uh, Austin Hubbard by decision, I don't know what the line is, but I'm sure it's going to be plus something. And if Austin's going to win, he ain't going to finish card Hallebo. He's going to win a 29-28 decision, and it's going to be a fight that we're never going to watch again. But even the Boston people might actually cheer for because they haven't had fights in four years.
3: Hubbard by decision is plus 140. Done. That's a that's a
4: much better price.
2: Yeah, I will be if going. You run about
4: him, that's a way better move. Uh, if Hubbard wins, this will be his first win over someone with a Wikipedia page uh, cuz <laughs> I'm I'm refusing to count Kyle Prepelak as having a Wikipedia page because one, you have no idea who Kyle Prepelec is. I get, and two, it's so very obvious that he wrote his own <laughs> Wikipedia page, which like Credit to you, but everybody else is it. If you're not, if somebody else is not writing your wiki page, does it count? So this will be the biggest win of his career for multiple reasons. He will finally get over the wiki hump and he would become a tough winner and, you know, get the six figure UFC contract. But you're, you're that's saying Kyle that's Prepper all the facts
3: Lec- I have about this fight. You're saying he wrote his own Wikipedia page. I feel like he wrote his own Wikipedia page. <laughs> this is pretty detailed. This is not, this is not a bad one. <laughs>
4: I, I base this entirely on the fact that there is so much information on a man whose entire career basically has taken place on the regional circuit, PFC and like Canadian regional circuits and stuff. That this just happens from people who write their own.
3: Uh yeah, the moment he returned to prospect fighting championship, that was a that was a big moment. Um we don't have a line for the yeah, He tough is currently the number one hundred
4: and forty-sixth best lightweight fighter.
3: Yes, <laughs> yikes! yikes. Uh, I will. I do have to say, I do have to defend myself a little bit. Mike was in on those predictions as well. So was Casey Leiden. Uh, we 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 drew up the whole thing. We made all our predictions. We did go zero and four. Yes, we were wrong on it. That's actually why I'm not betting either of the tough fights.
2: Well, I, I mean, to, to be fair, we were having fun and we also found out that these fights are happening in Boston. So we felt like they were going to kind of rig this in certain ways to get the, the matchups that I guess the Boston fans deserved, including Rico DeShulo. That's why they weren't going to throw him in there with like Timor or or Brad in the semifinals. They're going to give him sort of the easiest path. And then I kind of thought, I don't know, I I I'm okay being wrong. We picked the matchups perfectly. Like we knew exactly where they were going to go outside of Roosevelt, Robert Sawson hub. We knew that, but we knew exact, we knew what, what the bantamweight fights are going to be. We knew the reasoning behind them. Uh, it just didn't really turn out that way. And I think Timor Valiev kind of got the big fat hose job. If we're being honest as well. I did. I did think he won that. That was the one fight I watched. Cause that was the episode I did. I
4: did think Valiev won that. Fight that was a good
2: in fight. Indiana. That was, a, that was the fight. most exciting Brad Katona fight
4: ever. It was a very fun fight. I do think Valia probably should have got the dub, but oh well. Which brings us, Connor, to our next fight.
3: the bantamweight finale. Cody Gibson taking on Brad Katona. Uh, No line on it yet. Still too early. Um, But uh, yeah, I feel like Brad Katona gets this done there. There is some bad blood here. They did say in the season finale, like they hate each other. Like Cody Gibson was like, there's 16 guys living in this house and 15 of them hate you. Uh, and Brad Catano was like, "No, I think some, <laughs> I think some people like me." And Cody Gibson was like, "Newsflash, no one likes you." I was like, "Wow, this is very middle school esque." Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of heat. Also, fun fact about Cody Gibson: made his debut in 2014 against a debuting Aljamain Sterling. Talk about uh, paths going two separate ways. Those are very different. <laughs> i got nothing on this fight though oh god Uh, god no uh
4: i mean i i don't even know a line on this fight i technically didn't don't know at the time of recording that cody gibson is going to be the guy fighting him because the episode hasn't dropped for a few hours so i i have no thoughts on this matchup i certainly didn't do any deep dive into it um off the top of my head i would say brad katona is gonna win but I've already exposed myself plenty on this fight
3: card. Yep. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, and that's that an hour, beautiful, clean Mike heck in the building, Boston, six, one, seven, stand up lobster rolls, clam chowder, go pack your car, get the keys. It should be a great time.
2: It's not
4: a bad, it's, it's not a bad Boston. I need to add, uh, cause I forgot to mention at the time, um, I'm on the Vera Munoz over one and a half as the third leg of my four-leg parlay oh, yeah. with Wiley Zhang oh, and Ian machado yeah. Gary, And uh, Saladin Parnas, uh, who's fighting in KSW uh, this weekend, is the fourth leg of that. That four yes. legs pays out 147. Nice.
2: Uh,
3: so that's, I am on... That's, uh, uh, I just forgot
4: to mention the Vera Munoz over one and a half.
3: I actually love that you said that because my parlay is Vera Munoz over one and a half. Rodriguez to Lulian under two and a half. And then we're heading to Poland. We're heading to KSW. Saladin Parnas is the final leg of that parlay. Uh, Big fan of that one. That one pays out minus 110. Uh, I'll just go through all my bets right now. I also did Ian Gary and Wiley Zhang parlayed. And then my singles. Main event does not go to a decision. Zhang was under three and a half. Little flyer on Zhang by submission. Chris Weidman money line. Sharp Petroski under two and a half. And Marina Moreau's money line.
4: Uh I'm on a whole mess of stuff. Sean O'Malley, Zhang by sub, Zhang inside the distance, the part, the aforementioned parlays, Weidman, Weidman by decision, Ian Gary by knockout, uh, Munoz, Munoz by splitty, uh, and Kurt Holabaugh, sort of where I'm, I'm, sp- I'm double exposed on every fight. So this is probably <laughs> going to go awful for me.
2: Come, come Saturday. Uh, I got Aljamain Sterling inside the distance at plus 175. I got a sprinkle on Sterling round two plus 800, round three plus 1100. Zhang Wei Li is inside the distance minus 120. Marlon Vera by decision at whatever that line ends up being. Uh, Ian Gary by KO TKO, whatever that ends up being, I will be hitting that. Uh, Gerald Mearshart, plus plus two hundred plus under one and a half. Chris Weidman by decision at plus four hundred. Whenever that actually officially drops. Uh, Austin Hubbard by decision, whatever that is, and then parlays. Zhang Wei Li, Ian Gary, Natty Ice, that's hits at plus one hundred and six. We got the Silva parlay with Jed at plus plus one hundred and ten, and then I have the violence parlay for the main and co-main event under three and a half Zhang versus Lemos, and the under four and a half Sterling O'Malley that pays out at plus. 151.
4: There you go. Before we wrap, I have a critical piece of information that's just been brought to my attention. Oh, Oh, God. We can end on this. Uh, The champ, arguably the greatest pound-for-pound fighter in the world, though I would not say so. Alexander Volkanovsky. He agrees with me. Per Oscar Willis, who I I think is quoting a video from Volk's Volk's YouTube. You know, sometimes you just watch someone's story. It's like it's meant to be. I'm a believer in that sometimes man it appears that Alexander Volkanovsky is picking Sean O'Malley. Alexander Volkanovsky, arguably the greatest mind currently or maybe ever to compete in mixed martial arts has thrown away all logic and reason to just go with the vibes of Sean O'Malley. Exactly the same as me.
2: UFC <laughs> champions are just like us baby. It's cuz he doesn't want to fight Sean, o- he doesn't want to fight Aljamain Sterling so he's putting that other juju out into the universe and hopeful hoping that someday he could fight Sean O'Malley and just kill him for a whole lot of money. And that works. Look
4: look how it worked for Izzy. He put it out there and not DDP worked. Those those boys Didn't can those... manifest. Did those it? boys can manifest the reality they want, just like me. Me and the champ were on the same page. Everybody get on the O'Malley bandwagon before it fills up.
3: All Love I'm it. Saying absolutely love it perfect way to end the show the vibes are high UFC 292 me and Mike will see you at the watch party on Saturday night me and Jed we will see you next week UFC Singapore you like early starts we're getting an 8 a.m main card start on the east coast doesn't get much better than that Mike thanks for joining us Jed see you next week